Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on April 3rd, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat, as we continue our discussion over game world creation with a special focus on populating those worlds. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration, so congratulations to those who signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 and this is the currently playing Xbox, and this controller feels weird now, <laughs> Green-Eyed Music Lover. And last, but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Ser- Serena Bezos. I promise I can say that. <laughs> uh, Serena, it's okay. <laughs> Serena, how are you doing? <laughs> good. Hi. My name is Morgan, or Serena Bezos. Um, yeah, I'm excited to do this 201 now. We got all the- right? Yeah. We did all the like the intro stuff and like the basic questions, and now I am ready to learn. I am ready to learn beyond <laughs> just the, I just more. <laughs> well, just and, I mean, more. just to just to I guess just dive in too. You know, we kind of mentioned we were going to talk about like tips and tricks for creating, yeah, you know, what different styles. You know, I've Uh always kind of personally seen the different styles as like the quest givers or the primary NPCs and then like back backfill characters. Uh, I don't know. Would that be how you see it as well, Serena? Or do you have a different like category categorization of NPCs when you're looking at building them? So it really depends once more on the type of game that I'm running and playing. As for example, this types of have for like a power by apocalypse game versus a D game are like not quite the same mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah you would have primary npcs that you go to like your the main shop owners that you want like the magic shop owners that you want them to talk to the barkeep or maybe like ahead of the guard you know you you have various pinpoints and then you just have um you know background actors in a way just like filling the space to breathe somehow and like you have to put life into it so having various people like walk through the market or having um or of people of merchants uh, hawking their wares throughout the town like they're just merchants but like they're not like the odd bits and bobbles at the end that you know has the things that really catch your eye Josh, Josh is in chat, and he he would like us to answer the question: What level of NPC is attention? Good people of the city. Attention, good people of the city. Well, hi, Josh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Attention, good people. Um, I think attention, good people of the city. Uh, You have to say it like that. You have to say it very like. "Mm." Uh, It would be. Just someone like the leader of the town, like the mayor or the marquee, or could you have a town crier? The town cry, oh, yeah, town criers are definitely good too, especially if you want to pass out like 
lore information in general. There's uh, basically spread rumors, tell about like worldly things that are happening, like um, a fire down at the barn or like on the brink of happening or, you know, various things like that. And they might not have much past that point of information that the players themselves can take that information and be like, all right, do we want to do something with this? Do we just want to shake down the kid for the, the he has, or do we just want to like ignore that altogether? So, okay. Do you, do you have a culture in mind when you're creating these characters too? Besides like the town crier and just the general roles, do you have a set of culture or quirks that you try to add into your different ones to give them flavor? I mean, it really depends um, what sort of, I guess, genre I'm going with uh, at that time. A lot of people go with the Eurocentric sort of styles of, like, Lord of the Rings sort of-esque, like, sort of... Um, yeah, that high fantasy. Fantasy. But um, I'm actually playing a couple games that are very decolonized D&Ds. So I played in one that was very uh, uh, India-Bangladesh-inspired game. Mm-hmm from uh, India and it was so cool. They had like a playlist and like various like gave us like a Pinterest boards of various like areas and like how they dressed and all that and it so having you know having an idea of like okay what kind of culture do I want to breathe into and of course I want to breathe something of my own cultures or something that is of the popularity. Like for me I'd either go with um Mexican Burbano sort of situations or I would go with and medieval white because as much as I like Japanese culture, that is not my wheelhouse, and I do not want to touch it because I don't want to act offend like I'm doing somebody. Anything. You know, just show it in the wrong light and allow offenses to happen. Mm. I'll stick to the, like I made um, for season three. I decided to go with um, I don't know if you guys guys heard of Sky Islands, which is basically out in the Chihuahuan Desert where uh, they have these mesas that shoot up to the sky that had the various different biomes with in them. Um, top would be like a deep rich forest but once you get to the bottom where the ground levels out it's completely dry desert oh really it's i think it's a chihuahua national park i believe that has that and so i actually designed mine a region of the world that we played together where like the 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 cities themselves were kind of close together however due to the fact that they had to go down the side of the mountain and then go around and uh, down through the valley and then back up mm-hmm Going across would be like an hour, but with all that, it would take about five to six hours to travel. So it was definitely a difference in like geography, just in general. And I did try to play off of uh, pep using pueblas or like building into the mountains sort of styles with that culture. But you know, I just various things like that. Nice. I'm trying to th- blue. Do you when you're trying to design your campaigns and stuff like that, you're not doing a heavy focus on culture or anything like that, are you? Mm, yeah, um, I default. I mean, like, I'm definitely guilty of defaulting to the, the medieval, like, European medieval, but that's, like, what, you know, kind of what was being said. That's because I know quite a bit about that culture. So I'm pretty, I'm comfortable with the, like, like building in nuances for it. And I know kind of what would make sense you know if i if i break this rule here i kind of have a um implicit understanding of how that would affect the rest of the the structure if you will 
So like, you know, like if you put in a caste system where they really didn't have like a strict caste system, you know, how would that how would that roll up or down in that type of society? I kind of have played around with that idea quite a bit. Um, and because that's really the history that I'm comfortable with, that's where I kind of default to. Um, that being said, I mean, I definitely don't hesitate to borrow from other uh, cultures. Like, I, I think that's where you kind of get some really cool, um, like uniqueness because once you, once you get to a certain point too, you don't, I mean, the point of fantasy is to kind of branch out of the historical lesson, you know, that's where some of the fun is. Um, but I, I definitely, I definitely gravitate more towards the, the historic, like the year, the mid European, Northern European, uh, medieval periods, as far as my, my personal, comfort level i can definitely see that i don't know if i've ever played a game that had because you talk about designing these npcs and you design whatever kind of flavor you have but so often the ones that i've ever been exposed to they don't necessarily have this grand like context that they're in this Mm -hmm. grand uh cultural thing it's more of this is us in a a costume it's us. It's literally mm, our modern mm. day things. Like the groups that I've been in have not been able to disassociate enough to really design their world to be something beyond what they are. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think that's also that might that might tag into the difference between a PC and an NPC, because I definitely see that more with PCs like player characters definitely tend to be. Um, especially if you're in-person tabletop, that definitely seems to be the case. Um, whereas NPCs, like, I don't know, like for me, NPCs are so much easier to throw into specific, like odd, uh, person, like archetypes because they're Mm -hmm. by, by their very nature, um, they are not you. Like it's when you play an NPC, it's not designed to be your character like you're it's not really your character whereas with a pc you know or a player character like that is your character and that's the only character you have so you have like a lot more um i don't want to say investment because that that makes it sound like you don't have investment as a dm in your npcs and that's not necessarily true Mm -hmm. um but you have a lot more yeah focus like it you're not you're not so laser focused with tunnel vision on that character so like nuances that a PC would have, like, you know, like what you're saying, Green, you know, they don't have the the maybe the cultural uh, acumen that an NPC would have is because that character is that character consistently. Whereas an NPC, it's really easy to give them a sense of acumen because they're only in the game for, you know, max maybe an hour. You know, right. spread out over a camp. I mean, depending depending on how heavy of an NPC it is, it could be more. But like average, your NPCs are usually, as far as like a tabletop game, your NPCs are usually just if they even have a speaking role, it's you know kind of like a push A to talk to you know get information um, or to how? to uh, to further the story. So they're there for a purpose, and that purpose kind of right. encourages that acumen to be present. So how many, if I'm thinking from like a movie, from a movie perspective, right? So you have your main characters who would be your player characters if we were turning a movie into like a D&D mm-hmm. game. 
then you have your people in the background. You have your fillers, right? Those are the uh, NPCs that are at very, very low level of design built into them. Like there's a very, very basic, he's five foot 10, has a strong jaw, sells tomatoes. Like that's maybe all that you really have on that guy. And he's getting a beer. Like that's all you get. And then you have your mid-level where they interact more with the PC characters or player characters. And then you have like your, your big, big villains who are going to be these overarching characters. How do you design those guys? The ones who are going to be maybe returning villains or returning um, anti, Oh gosh. What am I thinking? Anti-heroes. And maybe not not an anti-hero antagonist antagonist. There we go. Um, For me, I'll be honest. I don't uh, until I know that, it's going to work, be worth it because I really, I mean, I, I put a lot of um, effort into them. So mm-hmm. I don't like just to prevent myself from getting frustrated because like I've had a lot of times where it's like, okay, that's the big bad. And it's not the big bad because of, you know, whatever the party decided, they actually ended up pissing off another person and, you know, inadvertently ignored this one, you know, they they turned right instead of going left like they're like they were quote supposed to um mm-hmm. so i usually wait to see where if like especially if i'm running a game i wait to see where the party is headed uh, and like mm-hmm. after after a while with a group you kind of have like a, a good sense of okay they're going to probably go this direction i mean they'll surprise you but like there's usually a pretty good sense of they're going to go x they're going to do xyz um, and so you can start kind of more building more grandiose plans at that point, but, you know, definitely at the beginning, like, no, I don't, I will polish a, like, I will create an archvillain for an antagonist, uh, for the group, definitely, but it's usually, <laughs> it's usually a hodgepodge one at the very beginning because I, because I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what you guys are going to do as much as I hope that you're going to go do this, you know, that we have no, right. no guarantee. Um, Morgan, I don't know if you have a different approach or what your philosophy there is. Not really, because at the beginning, you're just trying to establish who they are and trying to figure out how they fit into this wacky, wackadoodle story of life. I mean, ideas you might have brewing in the background of what could happen but of course you gotta leave yourself open to the possibilities that things change people go off the rails they will take your plot crumple it up and try to copy it into a basket (laughs) 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 and um yeah it just flexible with what you design because if you get stuck like oh this is the big bat this is what's going to happen and they're going to meet them here and all that I mean, you can have that person, yeah, but don't expect them to see it whenever you want to see it. Like, right? And, I mean, and, like you yeah, can shelter yeah. for later for sure, and just like save them for like whenever you need them. And like, aha, now's right. the time to bring them out. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, I I have I have done that before, and or the other thing I'll do is I have an archetype, and so like I have like um, specific like items or specific, you know, motivations or something like that, just kind of floating. And it just hasn't been assigned to an NPC until I figure mm-hmm. out which NPC they're going to go after. Um, okay. And then, and then the MP, then that NPC, you know, gets built out basically. Um, but so like, I have an archetype of like, no, this is the, you know, he's a warlock or a wizard or, you know, whatever, because I mean, 
like the example you were talking about with like the mid-level NPCs. I mean, most most NPCs, if I put a lot of effort into them, they're all going to be mid-level, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then as soon as they, as soon as whatever it is that checks the box, that's like, oh, this is a person we really, you know, like, or this is a person that, I, I mean, I've, I've had parties who get pissed off about the weirdest things and they like got mad at a character because, you know, a perceived slight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, just kind of, I don't know, instead of just dismissing it almost, I kind of was like, oh, okay, let's, let's go with this. Let's pull this thread and let's make this, you know, let's make this actually personal. You know, this, right. this is, this is a character that you really didn't like for, you know, X or whatever. And let's make it, let's make it more interesting. Let's make this the character that is actually, you know, in the background manipulating things. And, and, and it also gives the, the players, you know, that sense of, aha, I knew something was, you know, it gives them a, right. a sense of, called it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the whole yeah. thing. Um, the illusion of it at least. So no, no, no. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. I'm talking about the, the wizard I discussed earlier. Um, some of them were very hesitant about her. Like, Oh, I don't know. Should we trust her? And they're like, Oh yeah, she's going to help us. Why shouldn't we trust her? And they're like, "Mm." and then whenever they betrayed them, whenever she betrayed them, they're like, aha, (laughs) you. And it goes the other Um, way too. Um, because I've I've had games we uh, one of one of the games I've actually kind of recently started playing or I played a little bit. Uh, we had a character who was supposed to be the big bad, and through some like random, I don't even remember how it all went down, but they actually redeemed her, and she actually became an ally um, because they were able to. They were it was it was basically you weren't supposed to be able to do like you weren't supposed to get involved. Because she was supposed to be a background character, and then she was supposed mm-hmm. to build into like an MP. We were doing like a one shot campaign thing, and um, I can't remember which which player did it, but like, but basically the the one little you know brushing shoulders moment, they were like, oh hey, well, and they actually started a conversation with the character, and they actually gained her trust before she had this this bad twist. And so when this bad event happened, instead of doing the whole dark thing, it would make no sense for that character, you know, to do that. And so mm-hmm. it was like it it opened the door to them actually saving a character, uh, which was really cool because, uh, you know, it, it's it's not just always, you know, these guys are evil, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes right. what's even more fun is is them coming up against a big bad and then being like, hey, wait. I know you like, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, and they can, and especially with character, especially with games where you encourage like the role playing aspect, that's a really good opportunity to be like, Hey, if you can, if you can roll with the punches enough to actually role play your way out of this, I'm definitely going to let you do it. Like I definitely encourage when I play or when I run games, I definitely, you know, will encourage people to role play their way out of a situation instead of fight because it's just so much more interesting and there, it also again it, it creates that investment if you will right of the character or of the the player how much of when you're judging a role play this is this is more of a mechanical question as far as interating oh. with the npc um when you're judging that interaction how much are you like there's always that like toe the line of they rolled this 
what mm-hmm. uh, difficulty level am I going to put this at? Like, am I going to let this work? Or how, how do you make those judgment <laughs> calls in those moments? Of, like your I gut. With, I, yeah. I, I think you just, you just, you're just like, all right. How, so this character, she's looking for people to go with her to like do this thing. She's going to be trustworthy. People who insider will have an easier insight than like, you know, she's a naive person she's gonna be deceived easily like you know just like various like on the whim you gotta think you have to think about these things like on the whim like okay cool hold on one second who's this character Mm -hmm. what is her motive or what is their motive and see Mm -hmm. okay cool all right cool you rolled a 15 on your insight sure Mm -hmm. yeah and i was gonna say like that's definitely where (laughs) D &D is nice to have too because D D kind of sets a standard of like those those split like air quote split minute calls from a dm standpoint yeah it is nice it is nice to have those it's it's actually one of the things i go i say a lot is i i understand people not liking DD because like i get it it's a steep learning curve but i've been Mm -hmm. in enough um role-playing games that inevitably there is a fight that breaks out sometime and Mm DD for all its failings i will tell you that DD has a really I, I personally really like the fight mechani- mechanics of D&D because it, it's definitely it's, better than some other games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I guess to be honest, D20 a D20 systems a, are just interesting. A, a D20 system can, I mean, and it can get convoluted, of course, like a right. D6 system is really, really basic. It just depends on that. But D&D, I've just, I have always found D&D to be a very good equalizer in regards to, you know, if you have to, if you have a situation where you you need an impartial judge. D and D makes it very easy to be like, okay, well, the dice says the DC's X. You know, right? Um, that being said, I also I'm a really big fan of like just using it as like the spirit of the law, if you will. Um, I'm like, you know, yeah, the DC's supposed to be twenty, but you know this person, and the last interaction you had with them was really good. You you know. You know, if it was a merchant, you gave them a deal or, you know, vice, you know, whatever. So we're going to we're going to fudge that a little bit and give you a DC of like 13, you know, it it, depending on how that went or DC of seven, like, you know, lower raise it. And then also the other nice thing is if you're if you have a group that's comfortable with each other is actually having the actual exchange like, you know, you roll a you roll a 10 or you roll a five. I mean, okay, so you kind of stumble on your words. Um but if then they turn around and they're like, no, blah, blah, and they actually, you know, present, like, put it out there, or they, mm-hmm. they you know, whatever could stay in character, and they actually manage in character to redeem it, I'm like, I'll give that to them. I mean, I, what, okay. You know, that's just me, though. Yeah, if they can roll their play themselves out of, a, like, the, the shallow grave they just dug themselves into, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I will give it to them. Sometimes I'll even give up. I mean, like, sometimes I'll even give them extra if they i mean if they if they get themselves in a bind and then they like if a character can role play in character out of it like just using the wit and it's it's completely you know believable in character i'm like man i'll 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 even have like usually an npc like acknowledge you know you you were you were on the wrong path there for a second and you redeemed it but do you ever create npc specifically to bother not necessarily bother like you don't want to you're player characters have bad experiences but like if a player character has a specific phobia or fear do you ever create npcs to 
to poke at them a little bit, not necessarily in a mean way, just no, to. I I do it because real quick is it is it the character that has the issues or the player that has the issues? The it would be the character. So like if the character, oh, yeah, not yeah, like yeah. not like qualifier. not yeah, not a trigger, not trying to yeah. trigger the person, but say the character has the the character itself has a fear of halflings or has a fear of. Mm-hmm. A certain race or whatnot that it's their character prejudice prejudice not the player prejudice then i definitely would because yeah, racism i think that's, I think that's, that's kind just of like this in general with D is that like they there's equal i, I can go on to like another discourse of racism within D and the tolkienisms of, <laughs> oh, of the design but we're not going there today <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a but, that's uh, a slippery slope right i've been dealing with it a lot <laughs> but oh my um, God. yeah but um yeah i would definitely would just because it's still part of that world i mean just because it's hateful against these certain you know races doesn't mean that these people are not going to exist in this world has that ever backfired on you oh because i don't allow it <laughs> gotcha <laughs> i actually i would i would say the other one that's really that i really like doing is um usually what i what i'll do is i'll give care like players i'll give them bonuses if they take like flaws uh which is kind mm-hmm. of a concept that is especially prevalent in white wolf well, um, yep yeah like flaws are huge but the because the entire point of it is it's something that you should try to overcome like that's, it's that's a good balance oh my it gosh it's you- oh it's so good it makes your character so much easier actually to role play um, I like it i like it because it actually makes them more like they're realistic you know they're 3d they're not gonna mm-hmm. be like i'm a hero i could do all these things look right. at me play my loot it's, it's the like, difference between a marvel character and a dc character mm-hmm. i mean and so like with that sense when when i have when usually when i have the players do that we also like if i can i'll sit down and i'll like chat with them about it like you know hey you have this particular dislike of or not even necessarily a dislike a fear even a phobia of something um and it's like you know do you is that something that the character is going to try to overcome because then the other thing is is if they overcome the phobia i don't take away the bonus so then what happens is in the end if they can actually overcome that challenge and i don't make it easy but i mean if they overcome the challenge of whatever phobia or whatever flaw they have chosen they then not only get to keep the bonus that they got because they took the flaw but then they you know they don't have the negative effect of the flaw so in the end their character is actually more powerful um and i've always found i've always found that that's actually a really like people have a lot of fun with that because it Mm -hmm. encourages them to actually like you know open the channel being like oh wait this could actually be you know a situation where the character actually has growth um, it's not just a, it kind of it kind of helps encourage not just being a hack and slash, uh, which gets really boring really fast. Yeah, blue. I'm I'm running low on questions, so I'm like trying. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, no, no, no. I guess I guess the so the, the thing is is like you know we've talked we've talked a lot about like mechanical systems and stuff like that. And and Morgan, right. I don't know. Do you have a lot of familiarity with like a more not really. I mean, they're they're collaborative a bit, but in the sense of like writing a story, like do you do you have any thoughts on like some good strategies or good uh, approaches maybe to creating not primary characters but secondary characters within a within a story or or even fan fiction? I guess that technically fits the bill too. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I haven't done much writing since my high school fanfic years. <clears throat> so <laughs> we'll, we'll forgive you. <laughs> Why? I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, honey, we all have that account. We all have that account. Um, I think just in general, like you, you would make a character that um, words, um, you'll make a character who's you know there, um, and like various off the cuff. Because with stories, you kind of want to plan out your your beginning, middle, and end. Unless it's like an ongoing fanfic that you never finish because you decide if you forget your password one day to um, live journal mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that. But you you with the difference between storytelling, like writing a story versus role playing, is that you have control of the story, the narrative, and all that jazz. What? But with the role playing games themselves, you just have. PCs, you don't have really control of the direction the story goes itself. Mm-hmm. So um, I think with writing a short story, you actually have the ability to like, this is the NPC that I want them to run into, but eventually I wanted this to be like this person's lover or like our, I want this person to like be betrayed and become the their enemy that they're going to face at the end and they, like make those plot points and like make those streams and have a conspiracy theory board of like character connections and like where they're going within the story itself mm-hmm. but with whenever you're playing a game and running it, you can't really do that until after that session. You're like, all right, cool. How is this person interacting now? Which way can they go? Do they even matter currently? And eh, we'll figure right. it out later in a minute. Just put a sticky note saying it with a question mark on mm-hmm. it. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of penciling in on games mm-hmm. because like I always, I always joke. It's like the D the DM has to be on, call like during the game but the actual work comes after because then you have to then you have to take all the disparate pieces and be like oh okay this is how they all connect you're like all right time to make this puzzle (laughs) time to make this story work (laughs) oh no okay well i'll save this piece for later maybe i'll go to like another piece um where did this piece come i only remember this piece okay well oh it's cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah when you're reviewing those sessions when you're um coming and especially in D D, like you said it's a little easier in some ways because well easier and harder it's easier to write a collaborative story in so much as that everybody is continuing to work together so the creativity is coming from multiple brains which is nice but it can also be i would imagine a bit harder in order to it's harder to control the story, but it's easier to control the flavor of the story, I guess, or not control it, but have unique flavor to the story, depending on the players that you have involved. Mm-hmm. I, I guess my question is more of with that in mind, is it almost, do you ever consider bringing on somebody else to flesh out the NPCs in a story like that you're writing rather than playing? Do you bring in another person's perspective to help flesh out these characters or come up with ideas for it? Or do you even hash out ideas? Do the ideas just come straight to mind and you end up just playing through the scene in your mind as you're writing it? I would, I would definitely, I like talking to people about things. I like talking through certain aspects. That's just how, that's how I am. Like if I can, you know, just throw my word vomit at you and hopefully you can pull something from it and like piece it together and help me be like, this is what you wanted. 
you just said all the things, but you said mm-hmm. out of order and like a, in a direction that you did not want. I was like, oh, cool, thanks. So I like I like soundboards a lot. Whenever I'm talking about character design, like um, when I was running at Vigilante, it was nice to have other DMs there, other dungeon masters there, that I could be like, all right, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Like or like I have this person, and they're like, you know what? You could probably use them for this. I'm like, ah, yes do okay thanks so it's it's good to just have people to talk to that um aren't i mean you can talk to your players yes if if you want to like you know have them help out with uh, i also like using them for like generic um blog like i like i like them being like oh yeah name two people that you know within town that's you know just my important just and they'll be like okay ted the tomato farmer and like ted is getting a lot of airtime. You know mm-hmm. what? Ted deserves it. We're, spons- we're sponsored by Ted. Sponsored by farmers. Sponsored by farmers. We farmers for America. Farmers. <laughs> Is it farmersingles.com? Yes. <laughs> farmers only. <laughs> farmers only. That's right. Yeah. I, I, okay. So full disclosure, oh. <laughs> I come being from Kansas. I am from a family of farmers and both my brothers are farmers they, I have a brother who has used that. It is hilarious. It's hilarious to talk to him about it. But like, so how's the farming life going? How's <laughs> farmers <saying>. only? <laughs> how's the choices? Did Little you, slim did. pickings. You should move to Iowa. <laughs> no, I love my brother. I don't tell him he should move to Iowa. I do tell him he should move out of my father's house, though. <laughs> Shake a little bit, a little bit. Anyway, yeah, you just yeah, you sometimes it's good to have people that you can bounce ideas off of, but also good if your players, um, let's say like they made some NPCs in the town, like you know you had a session zero and they named a couple people. I'm like, all right, cool. You can always go back to them later and be like, hey, so so and so, what are they like? Like, tell me a little bit about their life, so you can actually inconspicuously like pull more ideas from them. And eventually, mm-hmm. maybe make them another plot point of some sort. Okay. Ted oh. is looking for love in all the wrong places. How do you help Ted the tomato farmer find his first <laughs> wife? I guess. I don't know. Question mark? Where are we going with this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I love just spitballing ideas with people. Like, I... I I have not D and I have not played a formalized D and D game or anything like that. I've done a lot more play by pose and more of just like role play. And there are a few NPC characters that we bring into the 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 conversations because we're we're playing DM as well as player characters at the same time while we're doing this. So we're also pulling in other characters to help with the story. It can become convoluted if the players are not. Ex- Experience. Is there any way that you do you keep like a journal for it? Do you, I mean, how, what is your method for keeping all the different NPCs straight or if they're even going to matter after the one session that they show up in? Um, I try to at least write their name down and like a generic who, who they is because mm-hmm. they're like, oh cards. yeah, we want to go talk back to, uh, we want to talk back to Regina. I'm like, who's Regina? I'm like, Oh, remember like, you know, five months ago we ran into her. <laughs> the I'm like, super special what? lady that, that you did, you spent 30 seconds putting together. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't, and I'm like, Oh shoot. Hold on. I'm, I'm like, um, 
Dinner with Schmucks, uh, the the Gallic Nassus like characters with all the like the numbers like rotating around his brain, just like mm-hmm. calculating. I'm like, oh no, oh oh, where is she? What has she been doing? How is life for her? What is, How is life for her? <laughs> it feels like you've ignored like a family member for a while at that point, don't you think? It's just like, mm-hmm. oh crap, what have <laughs> oh, they been doing with no. themselves? <laughs> Catch up Turn on up. Facebook quick. <laughs> Right, that's actually a good way to look at it, though. That's what I use. I use NPC cards, actually. Like just write them down uh, NPC, mm -hmm. like like an index card, and you just just, stick off the side. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like it's basically the equivalent of like a post-it note because then it's like then it also the little lined uh, index cards are nice because then if something does happen, you can like write a quick little like blurb and be like, yeah, this happened, and then you know when inevitably someone does come back and be like, well. What about what about Tom? What you know? What what happened about that? And it's like I don't even know who you're talking about. But then you know you go back through, and you can have oh okay, you stole five gold pieces from this farmer, and he's pissed as hell at you, like <laughs> because you know oh that guy that guy you know it's like yeah I I've always found that to be a little bit easier to do. It helps directing <laughs> Tom, counters Ted's too. rival. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Is Tom the potato farmer? I don't know. We'll sure. To, we'll have to collaborate with chat on that one. Right. All right, chat, let us know what Tom does for his living and uh, who he is and what his biggest wish is for life. We are getting a full-fledged world here. We've got yeah. a city with the bartender. Gonna, by the end of, by and... the end of the chat, we're going to have a hamlet of our own. Was it a bartender? What was his name? Bob? Is that what you call him? Bob, yeah. Bob, Bob yeah. the bartender. Regina, who has no got some stuff, some stuff going on with her. She's super Ted, secretive. the tomato farmer, and Tom, his rival. <laughs> We're going to have a this? No, Tom is, Tom is the tomato farmer. Ted's his rival, who's... Oh. I don't think we've gotten confirmation on his profession just yet. He is now. <laughs> he is now. Okay, I don't know what that is. <laughs> infested potato has confirmed that he is now a potato farmer, and who better to know than an infested than potato? Potato. Tom farms potatoes. Ted farms tomatoes. Ah, okay. Thanks, Josh. We'll get that cleared up <laughs> at some point. And they're right across the like the the quote unquote road from each other. <laughs> oh, the plot thickens. <laughs> Oh gosh, that reminds me of a game I call I played. It's called um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's it's basically about like Nordic lifestyles, and it's basically like a soap opera, but from Nordic oh, lifestyles. Oh no! So basically, Weird. yeah. So basically, you play like you know the husband or the wife or the neighbor or like <laughs> shaman or whatever, and you deal with this drama that you have within your tiny little village, and sure. um, it's progressive, so you can actually add more and the story can progress and you can change characters and stuff but um i played one guy who was basically a bachelor who lived with his sister um basically they had a fight about the fences and so <laughs> and the sheep because they thought that he was stealing her sheep and i was like no that's not me you you let out your own sheep <laughs> oh the games got we argue create. With yeah <laughs> It was, it was great. Chat, chat is, by the way, dividing into Team Tom and Team Ted at this point. I think oh, everybody's no. Team Tom right now. But Ted, <laughs> Ted's just working. He's just working. Making those tomatoes, selling them, trying to can them without causing botulism. 
It's just such a rough life. <laughs> the, Mc- oh, the McCoys and who? Tom. <laughs> oh, it's actually the Hatfields, but yes. <laughs> Oh, I actually played. I actually played a D anD D game where um, we came into this town, and they were seriously the town was divided. Oh, it was very no. a la ask uh, Claus. If you all seen the Netflix movie, yeah, Claude. yeah, yeah, awesome movie. Divided. It's really cute. I really enjoyed it. And um, the town's divided, and they're just fighting each other, and they're like, "Get to pick one side or the other." I'm like, I'm, they're like, uh. Uh, we're just going to go to the mayor's office. Who's completely neutral and just <laughs> hang out gonna, there. <laughs> we're just going to go to this point. We're just going to ignore all of this. And go past it. It was, but that's like sometimes lot. that's that's the fun in creating like those NPCs is like creating like I, I the the tension like the the uncomfortable tension of being like because like that's the other thing is like a lot of times what we would do. Uh, is have people walk into a town and there be like a lynching in progress, you know, like something that's like obviously very wrong, but the vast majority of people are doing it. And it's like you put the characters in this position of being like, uh, do we stand up for what is what is right or do we, you know, just not rock the boat? And it, it sometimes will create some really cool um, disagreements within a player, you know, player party. It's like, no, yeah. we don't need to draw attention to ourselves. Yeah, but that's not right. Usually it's the paladin that gets all bent out of shape. Just, just sure. That's I mean also that's my him. my yeah. That's also just me. I like teasing paladins, <laughs> which is amusing. But you play a rogue. I do play that's- a rogue. Like yeah, I I do play a rogue. Like or a monk. But you know, they're the same thing. They're skill monkeys. They're, they're very fast. They're fast. They're fast ones. Fast or sneaky. Been playing a lot of clerics lately, so um, clerics can be life. interesting. Yeah, clerics can be. They have five the whole... clerics, and they're all different sort of domains. Oh, God. <laughs> Why oh, yeah? do you do that to yourself? Because I can. <laughs> I know cleric designs really well now. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Jesus, Ted is definitely the Ted paladin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I keep thinking. I just finished. I just finished up Shit's Creek, and I'm just like every time I hear Ted, I'm like, oh, Ted. Right? <laughs> that's such a good. That's actually a show I know. Julie watches that show. So oh, I, it's I had people tell me for a while to watch it. And I was like, okay, cool. And I finally watched. It. I was like, ah, yes, I see why. Uh-huh. This is delightful. Mm-hmm. It is kind of fun. Gosh. Uh, okay, so that actually brought up a good point, though. Um, do you make your NPCs have archetypes like? their player characters do like if ted was actually a paladin type personality i obviously wouldn't necessarily give them that unless they're um, (laughs) unless you want to have fun (laughs) right i don't know like how how do you handle that npcs with character archetypes are dangerous are they i've done it on occasion yeah Yeah, they can be like for example, if it's someone like that's leading them somewhere, like I, I make a ranger character. Mm, yeah, usually like a, a city, like the city guard leader, will have like yeah, at or, least a what is it the common soldier archet or common soldier class or whatever it is, mm-hmm. fighter class or yeah, basically. no, it's not. I mean, it's not a fighter. It's like it, it's it's basically a, the NPC equivalent of it. Because mm-hmm. like you, what it is is like at least in D anD D, they are basically designed as like really basic cookie cutters. So you can throw one together really quick for yeah. like your NPCs. That makes it super simple. But like for example, like I have a 
for one of the things I had, like my characters need to go out into the middle of the desert to find like these old ancient ruins. The reason how they got there was this one woman who was um, taught by her dads to be a, um, like an Indiana Jones sort of character where like, I'm going to go raid tombs and get relics and sell them and stuff like that. Taking over that realm. And so she's like, all right, I need people to go with me. Cause I heard it's dangerous. Right. Oh, look, adventurers. No, look, you know adventurers. <laughs> I have gold. Come You're with, with me. me. And I, will, I have money. Oh, so do you actually have them fight alongside your player characters ever? Mm-hmm. Like, do you mm-hmm. ever have your NPCs use special abilities? And if so, how do you make sure that those NPCs don't end up take, stealing the show? Um, I mean, I just try to make them as generic as possible. I'm not going to make like a um, a Gloomstalker Ranger who has like a falcon with that glistens in the sun sort of like I don't like you know if you have a player character that like is like who they are this NPC that would be like fighting with them it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that player character but like the saturation and like hue is just turned down a bit okay it's like yeah they, yeah. they are there and like I actually make a character sheet for them on occasion like because I need their stats and whatnot but I will just like try not to they'll be part of the story and like you know be there but like I want to let the players do me a lot of talking because honestly, I don't want to talk to myself in two different voices at once. Right. And then like, do like the whole like back and forth thing in my chair? I, I mean, <laughs> do you have to do the head, the head it, motion it too? It could be fun. It could be fun to watch. It's fun for your oh. player characters to watch that. Like, but I rather them like ask the questions and be part of the narrative right. than watching me put on a one person show. <laughs> right. <laughs> What are you doing today? I don't know. What are you doing today? Tom, I'm telling you, you got to get rid of those potatoes. They're taking up too much of the area. Swear, Tom, if you turn around one more time with those damn potatoes. Well, I must say, good sir, Ted, is that us? I must say. Good sir, do you not realize that my tomatoes are served at the... Never mind. (laughs) Pretty much. Vampire Tom. Oh gosh, um, Josh will uh, actually speaking of vampires uh, attest to this. Um, we're playing Strahd right now with Josh, and um, Strahd now sounds like Vampire Bill from True Blood. Oh no! <laughs> no. Oh no! Because uh, our gen- our dungeon master passed out letters to us, and I was like, I and I was the first one to read. And I don't know why that voice came to me, and I was like, my cleric. You will see the light one day too. <laughs> and I just went into the voice. And it just sprung off, and it stuck. <laughs> yes, I love those moments. Those accidental you design the character, and it totally takes on a totally different feel. In that, like, and it's supposed to be Strahd, like you know, the big, strong, powerful vampire. Right. I was like, yeah, he sounds like Vampire Bill now. You're welcome. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I added more to the story about this character for you. You didn't even have to pay me for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like too. Is like whenever players are able to like add and like more things and like oh yeah I oh gosh Ted I met Ted once he owes me money that jerk like you know? yeah I love those it's just like gosh oh, yeah yeah Lord. you met Ted before mm-hmm. yeah and um, mm-hmm. he exactly the oblivious that he needs to owe you anything Ted just. <laughs> Walked out of the poker game last weekend, took all his winnings, and just said, F you guys, I'm going to the club. 
Because what you don't know is that Ted also has a secret life outside. <laughs> I saw Ted, him. What do you do? Right? Dollar, dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Potatoes Sad. over tomatoes is now current. <laughs> Hashtag it's... pump for life. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Hashtag fries over pies, I guess. Uh... <laughs> Wait, tomatoes aren't pies? Or is there I a tomato mean, pie? They could be, you could, there probably Earth, is. So you probably Depends, could. is there a bard among us? Can somebody sing that into existence? Is that what you're saying? No, bards are the ones. Have you not Have you not seen that joke about the D&D, D&D classes explain tomatoes? Oh, no. No, I have Oh, no. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, so like, it's like the wizard's the one that's like, you know tomatoes are fruits. And, and uh, basically it goes on and like, goes all the way down and then at the very end the bard's the one that like it's it's something about like trying to remember which one is you know they know it's a fruit but they don't put it in a fruit salad and then it's like Mm -hmm. the bard the bard is the one that takes the fruit salad made with tomato and convinces everybody that it's salsa yes (laughs) it's like i'm like you know you're not wrong (laughs) no they're not (laughs) oh gosh I've always wanted to play a bard, but I know that people would freaking hate me if I did. Bard, it, it depends. Like, you have basically two. It's like a palette. No, it's not even paladin because no, I just hate paladins in general. But, like, bards are like. They're like. You, you, you either have a person who does a good job playing a bard, or you have the person who really hams it up and just annoys everybody. Um. I mean, I think bards are meant to be a little annoying anyway. Oh, they are. They are. But, I mean, like, there's, there's a. It's like the um, oh god, what is it? Dandelion from Witcher. Like, yes, you know, there's 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 a line where it's like it it's endearing and then it's just annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are you are a pie with no filling. <gasps> <laughs> Josh has, of course, a different opinion. Bars are the glue that holds the campaign together. Oh my god, how? How? I mean, morale boost, bardic inspiration, they're very good support characters. Druids, druids are the ones that know not to use it in a fruit salad. Toss yeah. a coin to your witcher. No, I just got that song out of my... I, Josh, no. <laughs> not happy. I said fries over salsa. Salsa is amazing. Bard power. <laughs> Again, he's not wrong. <laughs> no. Oh man. I actually well. enjoy playing bards. I played um I played a board bard sorcerer like multiclasser. Oh nice. yeah. Yeah. Who basically used like her uh sorcerer and eight sorcerer powers to like cast magics and like add to her shows. So fun. yeah. And then she got yeah. reincarnated from a half elf to a dwarf because she got turned to stone and ran in by Minotaur. But oh, you know what? Oh, oh. I, bet was, I bet yeah. she was super happy about that. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna own this. Look at me. I'm sexy. Look at my short little stubby legs. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean She's like, I am uh, gonna own this. <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, oh, what do you think, Blue? I I, I think I that's am, an excellent. I think we're in a good spot. I think that's an <laughs> excellent stopping point. Talking about a dwarf's sexy short little legs, a reincarnation, a into reincarnation, and- a dwarf. That oh my god, I'm love yourself, and that's what you did. Yeah, 
<laughs> Body positive right there. Right? Pause. Yeah. Live with what you have. This is the body I was born into, but like I will love it anyways. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Transvisibility day. I appreciate it. That is amazing. Oh, I didn't mean to go off that route, but I'll take it now. I am. Hey. Oh, so it works. What shout outs do you have? Um, okay. So I my name is Serena. Um, I go by Serena Bases on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitter um Discord. It's S-I-R-E-N-A-B-E-S-O-S. Um, you can find me on the Role to Play Network, where I am one of three hosts and the Game Master for Power by the Players, which is basically just a series of Power by Apocalypse one-shot and mini-campaign games with a rotating diverse cast. Role to Play Network, I'm a part of the Red Death campaign, which is a D&D 5e game, but with uh, the Red Death role. So we're playing 1890s Boston. Ooh, so I play. That's I play, cool. I play a cleric there, but um, I'm a curandera from South Texas. So basically, I'm a Mexican. I'm a Mexican folk healer. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, um, you can also find me on some streams like uh, Victory Condition Gaming on YouTube or Twitch here on Twitch with Welcome to the Party. I do stuff. I do a lot of stuff. I like games. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> But I really appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Definitely. And a sh- shout out. I'm going to do it just kind of a shout out to you and to our um, hopefully return of you next month when we talk about uh, what what's the second set of topics that we've kind I of talked about NPCs yet. and populating. You haven't decided yet? Okay, I have well, decided I don't have it in front of me right now. Gotcha. I don't do spontaneity. <laughs> That's right. We have established this. <laughs> you would make a really bad bard. I, that's why I don't play bards. <laughs> I don't play. I don't. I don't approach a bard class at all. We had. I uh, feel like you'd be best with a wizard. Like, yeah. I I'm not a fan of wizards. Um, I, which is actually probably why. What? Yeah, I I avoid the magic systems. Actually, I'm like yeah. that's way too much work to have fun. A lot. Yeah. Like, I can have just as much fun messing things up as a monk, and I get all the magic stuff I need. Yeah, that's very that's true. true. Or a rogue, because the rogues have used magic device. It's like, yeah, I get all the benefits and none of the negatives. So, you know, hey, what's yeah, this, like, what's like, this prepare class? spell thing? Like, what is this nonsense that you have to do? I have to have spell slots? What is this? <laughs> yeah, like, what I is just... this? I just use a wand. That works. <laughs> uh, sorry, Green. <laughs> No, you're good. I, was, I mean, that was just my shout out was just the fact that we will likely have Miss um, Morgan if she so chooses back on next next month and possibly wrangle Josh in as well. We'll see. Yeah. I'll Josh see. calling you out. Yes. Josh, Josh has already got a bit of a lineup of his own of shows that he wants to have episodes on. Yay. I think, I think he, he just messaged me right before. Uh, he just finished Picard, and so he wants to nice. talk about. I I can't remember exactly what he wants to talk about, but he was very excited about it, as Josh cool. does get. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think what we're actually going to do after we get done with the game, like the next one is the last one that I had for the game world one, and then I think mm-hmm. what I did was I promised. Uh, Mochi Lama and Josh a chance to get on and hash out their Voltron. Oh no! Thoughts. 
So uh, fair warning. Okay. That's going to be a That's, fun one. It's a Picard, debate. Picard we get to host a debate. We get to host a debate. I'm excited about <laughs> I don't know this. If it's, I... Well, no, maybe it wasn't Voltron. Josh, correct me here. It was either Voltron or Avatar The Last Airbender. I can't remember. I think it was Voltron, but I know... Oh, it was Avatar. Okay, he's correct me. It was Avatar. Okay. They also they also have watched Voltron, and they want to talk about that. So it's it's one of those... Yes. I'm excited for this. This and is going to be fun. And uh, Katie, or Mochi Lava, is very well-versed on... I want to say she's pretty well-versed on Avatar, but I know she is very well-versed on Voltron. Because she's cool. actually she's the one that has written a couple of articles on Voltron for the Lore Network. Wow, so, that's awesome! But yeah, um, Morgan, thank you so much. We will have all mm-hmm. the links uh, up on our show notes when we put them up on um, on Friday of next week. And yeah, so as always, thank you for your time. And until next time, remember: with wisdom, we conquer. Stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. Bye. Bye. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright.